0: my hunting podcast turkey season has kicked off this weekend in michigan so it's only fitting this week we talk turkey hunting again. so yes, it is turkey season here in Michigan. Uh, it's opening weekend and I tell you what the past couple days I've been the at a bit looking at the weather and missing out on the opportunity to go out and hunt turkeys. I actually this year I opted to go with the uh, last season or final season for the turkey season this year. Uh, just wanting to have some additional time to go hunting, but this morning was absolutely beautiful. Do hope that anyone has been out so far this weekend has had, found some success and if not there is still plenty of time to do so. So with turkey season you know with any hunting season the very first thing is safety first. You know safety is the number one priority when you get out there. So with turkey hunting season you know there's a lot of people that move around quite a bit a lot of run and gun type hunting you know for here in Michigan is that you know hunter orange is not required but it is certainly recommended for anyone that's you know moving locations or doing any type of locating you know put that hunter orange especially if you're out on public land um, even if you're on private land you know it's, it's good to put it on because you'd never know if someone's been trespassing and being somewhere where they're not supposed to be so always think that you may not be the only person in the woods and then the second one as fun as they all are you know those gobbler calls just Keep them out of your bag for the hunting season. They're good to play around with, you know, at home or if you're still riding around a vehicle doing scouting and whatnot. Uh, but it it really doesn't have a good place uh, while you're out hunting. Again, on, especially on that p- public land, everyone gets keyed in on those gobbles. And the last thing you want to do is draw other hunters in into your area. If you're sitting still and hitting that gobble call, you know someone may make you mistake you for that turkey. You know that kind of leads into the next thing where. Always know your target. You know, that's one thing that they've always covered in hunter safety and firearm safety is always know your target before you shoot. Always making sure that you know what's behind that target as well. You know, once you've fired that round, you know, there's no taking it back. So now that we've got the safety aspect taken care of, the first thing is is where do turkeys want to be? For me this year I've really been focusing on trying to locate turkeys prior to the hunting season. You know, in past years I've usually just set up, you know, on some field edge or somewhere I know that you know, kind of like their strut zone is, and just kind of wait them out. But this year I want to take a lot more aggressive approach to it. Um, So this will be one of the first years I'm really doing a lot of pre-scouting. And the main thing that I'm looking for is diversity when it comes to location where turkeys might be. You'll want to find a good opening somewhere where they do have those strut zones, those fields, where they can do some bugging, eating on grass. And then the next thing i'm looking at is what's next to those field edges you know is it hardwoods is it a swamp is it a ridge valley somewhere and looking at you know what's in between where i think the turkeys are roosting and where they want to be so one thing that i've found is you know when i'm with this e scouting and whatnot too, one of some of the best things uh, to look for are if if you're looking at public land is with those power lines you know they do have those natural cut lines in there and then as well as for your gas line cuttings, as well. You know, this is a great spot for when you're deer hunting, and it's no surprise that it's a great spot to take a look while you're turkey hunting as well. So, the very first step is doing your e scouting. So, pulling up the computer, or your phone app, and looking at satellite imaging of areas that you want to consider hunting. And again, the very first thing I'm looking for is where there's been clear cut or, you know, fields that have been planted you know anywhere that's open where the grasses aren't gonna to be too tall where you know the turkeys will want to be uh, when they're feeding or you know for those toms doing their strut zones and then once I found those areas that I kind of keyed on with those openings the next thing I'll do is pull up the topo map and look at what the terrain looks like for elevation changes that'll be either looking for is that field next to a ridge or is there a valley or a creek bottom um, or some type of drop-off that may you know hinder or you know kind of change the way the turkeys move around in that area. Um, for that e-scouting, you know, there's plenty of apps out there. Um, they have the Onyx Hunt app, Scout Look, um, even just pulling up a Google Maps um, is a good option as well. And one other one that is is kind of a good option is the DNR uh, MI Hunts. Um, it's a mapping system that shows Uh, more or less kind of where the public hunting areas are Uh, you can change some of your um, overlays and your filters on it to where you can look at types of terrain you know if it's aspen or upland grasses or wetland or bog and that gives you an idea to the type of um, you know habitat that's in the area so if there's good um, that you can also take a look at too if you you know looking at somewhere that doesn't necessarily have that many openings uh, but you want to take a look at other types of food sources primarily in the woods as well and then once I've kind of narrowed down the areas of the openings or the hardwood that I want to focus on the next step is getting boots on ground and taking a look at the terrain um, in person you know there's a lot of things that those maps are really good at but a lot of times if you're not you know having the you know firsthand experience sometimes that terrain or the cover can be a little bit different than what that you know image will show you sometimes it may be thicker or it maybe haven't even updated in a while you'll come into an area where you're thinking it's wooded and then lo and behold it's already been clear-cut so making sure that you get out there at least take a look at the area um, and see if it can see if you can confirm on whether or not it's truly a good spot for you to focus on more so once I'm in that location, I will simply find the spot that I think is focal point of the area and then I will, you know, work outward from there. I'm heading towards where I think that either the roosting spot could be or where the next stop will be for the turkeys that I think they may be, you know, heading towards. So and there's one area in particular like hunted last year and I did have encounter with a turkey. I never saw but I certainly had it calling to my low care calls uh, and i just couldn't you know basically catch up to it uh, but it was certainly in the area and in looking at the map you know this turkey basically ended up roosting near a river's edge and because of the area was kind of in a kind of a wide peninsula as such so and that's one thing i'm looking key on this year as well is taking a look at some of these potential roosting areas um, that could be next to water you know the idea is you know those turkeys will sometimes bend near water uh, or roost near water, um, just because that allows them to have one less area that the predators uh, could potentially come from. You know, they're they're not really anticipating that a predator will come from, you know, a river's edge or you know across the river or across the water to get to them. So if you haven't already narrowed down areas that you want to scout, you know, it's still a good time to be able to do so. So when it comes to locating the roosting sites, you know there's two main times you can do that you know first thing in the morning or in the evening now the evening seems to be a little bit easier just because you still have daylight that you're working in and you can have a lot more options or a lot more time to be able to do so Uh, either you'll catch those turkeys you know on their way to the roost site or even when it's already up in the roost you can see them up in those trees especially since those leaves aren't quite out yet I'll get into an area where I think those turkeys may be or where I believe they may be roosting near. And the first thing I'll do is use some type of locator call, either an owl call or even a coyote call, anything like that to generate a response shot gobble essentially. Uh, even using like a turkey yelp to see if you can get a response back. A lot of times what can happen is that those turkeys will, uh, if, if they hear another turkey, they'll respond you know, basically kind of saying like, yep, I'm over here type of thing. Now the one thing you want to be careful with is once you've gotten that call that you don't continue to pressure them with that predator call or any type of locator call that would be a predator you know once you've gotten that kind of general idea uh, from a turkey response you don't want to keep working your way in and continuing to call to try to zero that in you'll find out that you know more than likely that that turkey is probably going to stop responding Um, as that predator potentially gets closer and closer to them. So a good thing to do is, you know, start out with that either a predator call um, and then gradually work into something less and less threatening as you continue to get closer. While you're working that area too, the big thing you want to look for is turkey size as well. So you want to look for tracks, uh, any turkey scat, or scratching the leaves or anything like that. Anything that would indicate that, you know, there's turkeys been in the area. In regards to the scat, the easy, there's an easy way to be able to tell if it's a tom or a hen. Now, a hen will be coiled or a tight coil um, or even in a straight line, whereas the toms will generally be elongated in a J shape. Um, it's just part of their anatomy, and, uh, but that will be a telltale sign of whether or not you're looking at a hen's scat or a tom scat. Now, when it comes to locating the roost in the morning, same thing. You'll want to try to find an area where you think that somewhere in the ballpark. You know, with it being in the morning, you won't have the you know, necessarily the option to be able to find them visually as easily unless you can get them skylined um, up in those branches there. So you'll you'll more than likely have to rely on that locator call. Same thing, you can do a owl hoot or a coyote call to generate that response. Or again you can do like a Yelp you know, to ch- try to generate that response as well as less threatening and again if you do use that uh, low care call either with the owl call or the coyote call you're gonna want to make sure that you don't overdo it again because if that turkey starts noticing that that predator is getting closer and closer there's a good likelihood that they will stop responding or once they do fly down they're probably not gonna come in your direction Alright, so one other thing that we should discuss, you know, in regards to the, the spring's turkey season is that the action kind of depends on how far north you are. You know, as you continue to get further and further north, that breeding stage or the peak time where you'll see most of the movement or breeding occur gets later and later throughout the course of the season. So if you're in southern Michigan, you know, the, the, the best times to, to get out there and hunt is either that first or second season. You know if you get further north up into the up then you probably won't get your really really good turkey hunt until you know that last season first of may second week of may and that's when you'll see a lot of that activity occur and then die down towards the end of the month so with there being three seasons um, i just want to go over kind of what you can expect for um, each one each season and kind of the tactics that you want to employ um, in each one of them. So the first one is this early season um, So with this earlier season again, this can change as you further as you continue to go north During this early season, you know most of the birds are still gonna be grouped up a lot more They're gonna be flocked up a bit and in larger groups So with your setups, you know Basically, you'll want to start out if you're running decoys, but now it's a good time to run you know, several decoys, you know, a couple of hens, a couple of jays, even a tom. All the birds being used to larger groups, a larger group may actually draw in a bird that may not be flocked up with another group of turkeys, just looking for a friend. And then the other thing to the grasses, um, you're going to have a lot more of those open areas that are still really good. The grasses and, you know, that vegetation hasn't grown up quite yet. It, it's probably greened up by now but it's not going to be so tall that the turkeys can't either see through it or navigate through it all that well. And then once you get to mid-season the birds are going to be dispersed a little bit more. A lot more of those hens are going to be you know nesting and have already been bred so you'll see smaller and smaller groups um, as the season um, season progresses. You can have a little bit you can kind of play around a little bit with the size of your decoy setup. Um, you certainly at this point probably look at taking a couple of decoys away um, you know only run about two or three you know a couple hens in a jake or a hen and two jakes something along that line and you're going to see you know especially in that midday time frame you're going to start seeing more uh, lone toms it's kind of cruising um, and maybe they've already bred one hen and now they've kind of expanded their area looking for another and then once it comes to late season you know birds are going to be much more dispersed uh, they're no longer going to be flocked up Really, the only groups of birds that you'll probably see are still the, the the groups of jakes that are going to be running together. When it comes to your decoy setup, you're going to be looking at running either a lone hen or a Jake and a hen. Uh, nothing more than that, um, and then you'll have even more of those satellite toms. You know, birds that may not have been in your area before; they have moved in, still looking for additional hens. So the one thing you'll have to take into consideration too, as the season progresses, especially if your area has lots of hunting pressure, that the turkeys will become less and less vocal just due to that hunting pressure. Under heavy hunting pressure, the turkeys will basically shut down and no longer be vocal. All right, and since we're on the subject of calling and vocalization, let's just go over some of the turkey calls that are the main types of turkey calls and kind of what their pros and cons are. So the first one is the box call. It's one of the easiest to get started with. You know, it's a great one to start out with your kids with, let them play around with it. It's just one of the easiest to get started to be able to pick up, even with very little training or guidance, you can start making some turkey sounds with it. Now, generally with this call, it can be one of the loudest. It projects the most out of all the different types of calls out there really good for creating really strong yelps Um, so it's a good option for if it's really windy or if you you know have a very very distant you know turkey that you heard and you really want to be able to reach out and make sure they can hear you the one downfall with the the box call is that even though it's easy to get started with it's quite a bit harder to master you know getting a good yelp um, or getting a good you know yelp sequence Um, it's relatively easy to get down but when it comes down to getting some of the other sounds you know if you're trying to do you know clucks or doing a hen purr it's a little bit more difficult to get um get down you know depending on the style of box call that you have now the next one is the pot call the one with the striker and slate another good starting call relatively easy to get started with now there is a little bit of a catch with some of the different variances of the surfaces um, for the pot call and then well as well as different strikers that you know ends up giving you different um you know tones or you know f- options of being able to create different sounds uh, a lot of that you just have to play around with find out one that works for you you know there may be you know a certain call that's really good at making certain sounds but it really just depends on your technique on using that striker along that along that surface to create those sounds for you. So if you wanna go with a pot call, a good, good thing to do is start inexpensive, play around with the types of surfaces and strikers that work best for you, and then you can move up from there if you're looking at um, a little more high-end calls as well. Now again, the pot call is another good one. Um, it's basically kind of good for all around good call for doing yelps as well as you can it's a little bit easier to get down doing you know clucks and purrs and making different sounds gives you a little bit more options outside of that box call now there is a little bit of maintenance that you have to do um, primarily with those the surfaces on those pots you know depending on uh, the surface type you may have to prep it um, uh, surface making sure there's no oils on it and then another thing is, a lot of times once you get them wet, they do have a harder time working. So one thing you may want to look into is getting an all-weather pot call. So having something that you know will hand, be able to handle a little bit of moisture may be a good option for you as well. And then the last one is the diaphragm call. You know, a lot of times people are intimidated by this one. Uh, you hear you know someone that you know tried it and just couldn't get the sound right and just gave up on it. So it is a little bit hard to get started, but again, a little bit of practice and you can start you know, making some decent calls. And then once you kind of get the baseline or the good foundation of how to make a turkey sound, then you're gonna be able to find that making other sounds start to become easier and easier as well. Once you get the idea and the technique down, then it's one of the best ones to make all different types of sounds. And then again, you're looking at something that's hands-free. that gives you just tons of different options to be able to, you know, yelp. You can do purrs, clucks, you can you you can cut on them. You know, you can really play out a good scenario with that diaphragm call. And if you pick up a new call or just start calling, you know, don't get discouraged if it doesn't sound the best. You know, the saying always goes the worst turkey callers are turkeys themselves. You'll hear times where you know you'll see videos or whatnot where where these turkeys are just not sounding right they sound raspy they they like crackle out at the end so don't worry if it doesn't sound perfect the one thing that you know the big consensus is um, in regards to calling is you don't have to sound perfect but the key is you want to match the mood of the turkey so when you're looking at the mood of the turkey you know the things you want to look at now are they being are they being really vocal? Is this is, if you see a Tom and he's just hammering and right, gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. And that's a good time to really start getting aggressive in calling. You know, especially if, if you hear, hear him calling, you you call at him or you yelp at him and he just hammers right back at you with a gobble, almost cutting you right off. Then you know that he's probably in a, in a good mood and really excited and come into your setup. And as they continue to get closer, you know, the next step is really kind of reading the body language and seeing again, trying to figure out what the mood is. You know, if they come in and they've been just gobbling at you the whole way in and they're strutting, you know, you can take a look at, you know, their body posture and you know that you know that turkey head is a really good indication of the mood. So if it's if it's that mix of that blue and the red head, then you know they're fired up and that they're really interested in what's going on. When you see that, you have a good likelihood of being able to get that turkey within range and get a shot at them. Now, it kind of goes the opposite. So if you see that their head is just red and no blue to it, they they look more slender, they have their wings tucked down tight to their bodies, then you know that you know that turkey is probably not in the mood for any, any real excitement. And especially if you have that turkey coming in and you know they were coming to your setup and then you notice that their head turned red and they tucked back in then you know that that turkey's probably going to take off on you and then the next scenario is where you see a tom out there he's coming across the field or cutting through the woods and you call at him. and either they don't respond or you can get them the gamble but then they continue on their path You know that's one thing that can be frustrating you know you start doubting yourself thinking that maybe it was your calling but the larger likelihood is that that turkey just had a place that it wanted to get to but if you called to it and it responded back or gobbled back at you and you and then you think that's because of your calling there's a good likelihood that that turkey will come back you know it may be as simple as that turkey had some place to go it wanted to check an area first go to a stress zone maybe but the fact that that turkey responded, that turkey knows that, you know, there was a hen there, or that there was something there for him. And a lot of times you'll, you'll hear stories of where someone either, you know, called and they had turkeys in the area but never came in and they would get up and leave. Well, sure enough, those turkeys came back, you know, within a couple hours later to check that area where they heard that hen, you know, calling them that they didn't, you know, find earlier. So if you have a turkey respond to your calling but just not come in, don't get frustrated. You know there's a good likelihood that they'll be back. And then of course, as you look at the age structure of the turkeys, you know especially for between the tams, young tom and jakes, you know there's a lot of different bilinguals that they'll display or traits that they'll have. Now, for those old toms, you know you may see them traveling with either another juvenile tom or even a Jake or two. And when they come in, if you get you know that group to come into your set, you know a lot of times it won't be the tom that will be the closest to your setup. It'll it, a lot of times will be those younger turkeys coming in, either a young juvenile tom or those Jakes. They're going to show a lot more aggression. Uh, Towards your decoys and that Tom will generally be the one kind of hanging back He may be back there strutting It may be one of the last ones to fully commit into your setup Now a young tom, you'll generally see them uh, a lot of times by themselves Those are a lot of times those turkeys that you'll see out by themselves even early on this season Essentially they don't have they're not the dominant Tom in the area, so they get pushed out and have to find their own area and start looking for some of their own hens. Those ones are the ones a lot of times you'll get that are gonna be most receptive to calling, or if they see those decoys out in the distance, they may be more apt to be the ones that come in. If you get those ones, especially if it's that you know late morning, that 10, 11 o'clock. Uh, turkey that's coming through there's a very good likelihood that that turkey will come all the way in and present you with a shot and then the last one that you'll see gang of jakes that will come through these ones are really the most aggressive and sometimes you know depending on the type of hunt you're doing can be some of the most uh, annoying that come through and you know, they will be the ones that will uh, you know be rushing in a group basically fighting with each other trying to race in and these ones are certainly the most naive of of the three basically it won't take very much for them to get fired up and come rushing in now the only downfall is is that usually because them am being in a group that there's a lot of eyes so you do have to be careful about your movement and if they do smell that anything's up then they will essentially all run off as a group as well so that if they do peg you if they do catch movement uh, you're not going to have much time to be able to get after him. So as your are you know another scenario that you'll encounter uh, that you'll want to be able, or to, you'll want to address a little bit differently, and uh, is if you have just a lone tom out wandering around, um, you know, kind of cruising around, or in his rut zone by himself, or if it's a tom and he has a hen with him, or maybe two. Now, if it's a lone tom, then you're going to be calling to that tom as the hen trying to coax him in. Now again, this goes against you know turkey's biology where it's always the hen's responsibility to go to the tom. So with these setups, we're trying to convince that tom to, to commit to come into that hen, even though that hen's supposed to come to him. And that's when a good decoy setup will help you in that regard. Now if it's a tom and he's with a hen, or that group of hens, you're not going to be able to call that Tom in by himself or you're not going to be able to convince him to come in um, just trying to you know be you know doing that hen call and try to coax him in you know that Tom is not going to leave a hen to find a hen so the the easiest way to address this is you want to call to those hens basically you want those hens either get curious as to where you're at and try to investigate or the other one that works really good is just try to get them mad you know essentially you're going to call that hen and a good tactic is is whenever you hear a call you try to mimic that call back and you may even in the midst of her call even try cutting her off basically the idea is is that you want to get her mad about this other hen that's in her area that could be potentially trying to steal her man from her So if you get her fired up enough she's gonna come in to try to investigate and try to kick your butt and try to get you out of there if she commits that time will follow so once you've used your yelps and whatnot and you get that turkey to commit and start coming in as it gets closer you know those yelps aren't going to be sufficient more often than not to close the deal a lot of times those yelps are just a little too loud a little too aggressive so you'll want to use some softer sounds or softer calls. You know, that's when you'll start to want to do just some clucks and some purrs, it's more or less just some really subtle turkey sounds just to make that scenario seem a little bit more realistic. One other good one, good thing to do if you're sitting um, at a base of a tree or you got some leaves next to you, just kind of rustling those leaves a little bit to make it give this sound as though a turkey's scratching the leaves. That just gives that additional realism for that time to to distinguish. Okay, you know these are turkeys, and there's something going on over here that I want to investigate. When using your decoys, there's a couple of key things that you want to focus on with your decoy setup. You know, one of the most important is that you want to place those decoys well within your effective range. For if you're using archery equipment or firearm. know have it in an area where you know that you're comfortable with shooting and that you're either pattern your shotgun for or is in the area where you know that you have the best chances of not missing and then one of the things that I find most important is with your decoy setup um, you know they can depending on what your setup is if you're using a hen it's always important that you face a hen um, away from where you think that turkey is gonna come from uh, a lot of times as either the hens facing directly back at you or according to um, you know basically You don't well, the last thing you want is to have that hen looking outward to where that tom notices that that hen or that decoy is facing him Because then he knows that that hen is saw him and that is her job at that point to come to him so by facing that the decoy away from him he has to commit if he wants to get her attention and a lot of times you'll have to swing around and get between you and that decoy to ensure that she sees him and that he can display for her. Now of course you can always do a couple different things with those hen decoys. Well you can have them standing or feeding or even as a nested hen or laying down and then the next thing I usually run is with a jake as well. You know that additional jake it just gives that Tom additional incentives to make sure that he comes over to be able to uh, get that hand. The last thing a Tom wants is a Jake to take advantage and get himself ahead. So in positioning of that Jake, again there's a couple different things you can do with it. You can have it facing away as well. Uh, just basically that they just don't notice that Tom and you, again he'll want to come in to display and show his dominance. Another thing you can do with those Jake decoys is actually facing out away um, you know towards that turkey you know that will be another thing that could potentially infuriate uh, that old Tom is that he's with a hen and he's staring down that Tom and not running off now one thing to consider is that if you are running either a Jake decoy or you know a strutting Tom or some other uh, Tom decoy is that if a Turk if a Tom is you know, kinda already had his butt kicked, you know, maybe by another more dominant Tom or a gang of Jakes that they may not want to come in and commit if there's another male avail or male in the area. So if you're if you have an area where the Tom maybe just doesn't want to commit or seems leery about coming in, maybe even taking away that Jake and just having either a lone hen or a couple hen decoys together may be a little bit more inviting Um, you know, something that may not lead to a confrontation for that time. And then if you're more of the run and gun style where you're not running any decoys, your setup becomes a lot more important on your placement as well as your cover and concealment as well. You know, the primary goal of that is locate, try to get in position, and cut them off from wherever they're trying to go. So, and one thing I found with this type of um, hunt style is that if you for whatever reason if if the turkey gets spooked, if they spot you or catch movement or may not even fully commit, you know at that point that you know even if that turkey runs off, you you can still potentially go after them. You know those turkeys they're, they're very skittish, but they're not the smartest. So what you can actually do is actually swing around you know, can back backtrack a little bit swing around get ahead of him again and start calling to him again you know the, the likelihood that that turkey realizes that he's being called to by a hunter again is very very low so if you can get in position without spooking him again then the likelihood that he may actually fully commit to you this second time um, is still relatively high so don't give up on a bird once you found it you know if it if for whatever reason they completely bug out and take off to where you don't think you'd be able to catch up back up to them, uh, then that may be the time to you know give up on that bird and try to go f- locate another one. And of course, you know another one when you're doing the run and gun is when you're just spot and stalking them. You find a you know turkey in the woods right on a field edge. You sneak up to them. You know get within range, and get it done that way. You know that's actually how I ended up harvesting my first turkey I got to the spot I was late to it and sure enough there was already a tom with two hens already in the field so I ended up going all the way around the field edge walk down through the creek bottom and fortunately these turkeys by the time I got around they made their way down to one corner of the field so I was able to just crawl up to the field edge pop up on my knees and he was well within range and got them that way it was actually uh, quite funny because that was my very first turkey hunt and it was over within 15 minutes now certainly you know that can work if you if the situation allows it but it is not always going to be that easy all right so I do hope that was helpful I do hope that you got a little bit of information from it and that it may be able to be something that you keep in mind um, as the season progresses or if you're in my situation where you're just waiting out for your season to start and just remember there is still plenty of time to get out there look for those turkeys and this is one of the best seasons to try to get out to get the kids kids out there you know as many kids will probably admit turkeys are not that cute so they may not be as hesitant to go out there and try to try to go out there and try hunting an animal and as well as again to take a new hunter as well I'm at myself I'm actually going to be taking my sister out we'll be out on her very first hunting trip as well good luck and be safe out there